0: broadcasting live from the business radio x studios in atlanta georgia it's time for on the money presented by embassy national bank
1: hi everybody welcome to this week's edition of on the money the number one small business show on business radio x on the money is presented to you by embassy national bank we are a nationally chartered financial institution whose deposits are insured by the FDIC. On the show, as you know, we discuss topics designed to help small businesses succeed because at Embassy, we're proud of how we help small business. I'm your host, Joe Moss, the president at the bank, and welcome to Subaru of Gwinnett Studio, and we're inside the beautiful Sonesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. Great place to stay, weekend visits, business visits, doesn't matter. It's a great place to stay. Well managed. Today, we've got a combo show, and it's from two visitors who have been on the show before. Paul Fredrickson. Paul, how are you? Great. He's a Doing great. branding, marketing guru. Thank you. And uh, uh, we've got Bruce, uh, Brian, excuse me, <laughs> he's only been on the show. Graycon Uh Brian has been on the show now twice.
0: Right. And thanks for inviting me back.
1: And he uh, really likes to talk about making your sales process more effective right. in addition to your your entire uh, back room that supports the sales process. And when I found out these two guys know each other, I thought, you know what? We need to get this together because the two subjects go hand in hand. We're going to talk about making marketing work with sales better. Mm-hmm.
0: And that turns into
1: better business. Or
2: or making sales work with marketing better.
1: <laughs> and as some of you know, as I've talked before, if you present a brand and you don't follow through on it, then that creates a lot of disruption. So, Paul, I'm going to let you start, and we're going to talk about the subject marketing and sales working together. Mm-hmm. Why don't you start?
2: Well, you know, there's a, there's a quote from a friend of mine. Uh, uh, Chris Rainey, who is a uh, consultant in uh, both marketing and sales, and you know him, Brian. Very well. You know, and I'd like to quote this from, from Chris, uh, you know, with regard to marketing. Uh, he says, marketing is the lubricant for sales. And he's absolutely right about that. I mean, when you think about it, you know, what marketing does is it really, you know, sets the table for, a you know, a great sales activity. Because it does so many things, you know, by being very brand oriented and very customer centric, it gets that message out in advance of the sales process. So it makes sales easier. It's a, it is that lubricant that's missing. You know, that's the, you know, when done well and coordinated well with sales, you know, it's, it's a fantastic combination.
1: You've got an interesting point here inside and outside marketing. I think we all know what outside marketing is. Mm-hmm. Describe what you mean by inside, inside marketing. Inside
2: marketing is is really important from the standpoint, and, and, and I think Brian will probably talk a little bit about this, but it's it's that it's that communication between the two efforts within the organization to make make sales happen. So inside marketing is about communicating what those pro- proposals are, what those promotions are what that activity is, what those sales are, and so forth, which basically marketing is charged with establishing and creating. And then the inside marketing is making sure that everybody is on board with that and can do that and and do it, you know, they they understand, you know, what the goals and objectives are, what the length of that promotion is going to be, and and things of that nature. And it's really getting everybody charged up about it and really on board with that.
1: Brian, what yeah. talk about that a little bit, how to make it the most effective.
0: Yeah, and, and I would add to the list of, of what Paul talked about, things like merchandising. And for example, you don't want to advertise a luxury brand in your marketing and then have a warehouse merchandising system. That's going to confuse the customer and not lead to a sale. That's that's not an example of following through. will give you one more example uh, of an issue I've seen with this lack of coordination. Uh, I'm familiar with a business that spent a lot of money on a new marketing campaign, new logo, new branding, uh, new signs around town, new commercials, all that sort of stuff, but forgot to tell their sales staff about the new marketing campaign. And so I went in to to do some research, literally, and, and I talked to the salespeople and I said, here's your new tagline. What does it mean? And I talked to 10 people and got maybe 12 different opinions of what it meant. And I said, how does that translate into how you're interacting with customers? And it was all over the place. And so their marketing campaign was attracting traffic but was not generating sales because the salespeople didn't know what to do to reinforce the marketing message. And, and so those, those are some of the issues if you don't have that linkage between what's happening outside and inside.
2: Well, and, and, and what he's saying is particularly true the larger the organization. So, you know, a lot of times, uh, Brian and I will deal with national companies, you know, where you've got sales organizations, you know, territory managers, regional managers, and so forth that are spread all out. And so the internal marketing component of that becomes increasingly important because what you've got to do is you have to equip these folks in order to to make sure that those dealers and distributors that they're serving are on board with this program as well. I think
1: we've got some of that going on right now today in the hotel because as I walked down the uh, corridor from the back parking lot, there's a sign that says, I'm looking at it, Go Big, the Atlas Launch Experience. Mm-hmm. And um, I saw the logo Volkswagen. So I think they're launching a new car. Yeah, yeah. It but great. it looks like their salespeople and dealers are here for a lecture of some
0: sort. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I would hope that that information is being communicated before the actual launch. I'm familiar with a case where a business developed and started marketing a new product and then came to the training organization and said, oh, I guess we need some training for our staff and for the people selling this product. Let's quick put something together and get it out by tomorrow rather than thinking that maybe the training should be in place before the launch, and maybe it needs to be given careful thought, just like the product design, development, and marketing were given careful thought.
1: So it sounds to me like you guys are saying the sales process actually should drive the marketing? Not necessarily. Okay.
2: Not necessarily. But they
1: need to be part of it, don't yeah, they?
2: Yes. Yeah. That's the biggest problem that, that I've seen. I,
1: is- I, I, can, I can tell there are, a lot of, I know there are a lot of organizations out there where they don't contact or don't get the salespeople involved.
2: Well, I've seen in, in, in my in my career uh, you know, with certain clients, unfortunately, a rivalry between uh, marketing management and sales management. I can see that.
1: You know, it's yeah. it's a, your, marketing, a, didn't your well, marketing didn't work. Your
2: marketing didn't work because well, you're not your sales selling.
0: Yeah, 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 exactly. I, I missed exactly. my mark because of you. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So so what happens is, I mean, you know, the the marketing folks think, hey it's okay we've got this you know we we know what needs to be done we know how to you know we know how this needs to be promoted and so forth and the sales guys say no you really don't understand you're not out there where we are you're not in the trenches you don't you know you don't understand what we're going through you don't know you know what it's going to take to close these deals so they or is,
1: you don't know what people are saying about us exactly
2: now marketing should if it's doing its job keep on top of the research. Marketing should drive consumer or, you know, in B2B situations, customer research. Hey, you know, sometimes realities of budgets and timetables and so forth aren't going to allow you to do that. So Brian, let's
1: talk about a situation where the marketing campaign got put together and now it's being forced on the salespeople. So what kind of, in that situation, what should the salespeople do? Just take it or what?
0: Well, They're in a tough position because they're charged with executing the marketing strategy, the business strategy that led to a marketing strategy, but they're also the voice of the customer and they have hands-on day-to-day contact with the marketplace and with the customers. And so are they in a situation where they can provide feedback that adjusts the strategy or not? I think that's a fundamental business strategic question. Can the salespeople say no, or let's rethink that, or let's adjust that? Or are they more charged with just executing the orders they're given, period? You know, go do it and be quiet. I think you need the business situation that lets them represent the marketplace to adjust the strategy, and that's going to bring the two parties together to work together for success.
1: And listening to the salespeople also helps you what products you're missing, whether you're targeting the right people, all those kinds of things.
0: Yeah, and I've seen another interesting situation a few times where the sales folks went a little too far with that, perhaps. I think they have to be careful as well. Started making commitments and promises to customers that the organization wasn't ready to fulfill or couldn't get behind in terms of product development or timing or whatever. That set up a lot of tension too, where sales got way too ahead of the marketing organization. Well let's put all all that into
1: let's put all that together. We got marketing, we got sales, we got product development. Who's driving what? Who's driving the bus? Who should be driving the bus? product folks the sales people <laughs> the well, answer
0: is yes. Yes, <laughs> yes yes all
2: all of the above no you know the way i would look at it you know it, it they're they they're it's like co-equal branches of the government right but from a marketing perspective and and i and i think brian will agree with this that they are driving the brand okay they their their domain their their main interest is is the brand brand awareness brand reputation and protecting that brand and building brand equity in the marketplace that that will drive and help lead sales activity in a big way so from that standpoint if you assume that everything basically starts with the brand as in the case of volkswagen for example then that's, that's where it starts, and that's kind of where the lead is. But marketing cannot do it alone. And where brand makes real traction, you know, forgive the automotive pun, but where it makes real traction is sales.
1: So the, the management is going to be net management uh, in a cooperative effort between, I'm sure, operations, product development, or manufacturing, whatever you want to call it, distribution, the back end, along with uh, the product development, along with sales, along with marketing, they should all be instrumental in figuring out what the brand is. Right. Right. Because you don't want to brand something that you're not. Exactly.
2: Exactly.
0: And then you better execute and deliver on the brand. Because a brand is a promise to customers. And if you break that promise, uh, they're not coming back nor are any of their family, friends, or the million other people they know on the internet.
1: With with this example here for the for the Atlas, and you heard it here first, I don't know, has anybody heard of the <laughs> Atlas? Has anybody heard of the Atlas? You've seen the ads for the Atlas? Um, we've heard it here first, so that's what's coming next at Volkswagen. They may have
2: been test driving it out there, I don't know, so. I wonder if
1: it's a self-driving car. Hey, you know, that could be. A- or battery, I wonder what the differential is. Anyway, <laughs> so at, at this point, You would hope that the marketing and the salespeople that we're seeing here are all already together on the brand. Right, right. And hopefully that's all working together, which makes the marketing and the sales a whole lot easier.
2: Well, yeah, and the thing about it, too, is in in launching a new brand and and assuming that that's what we're talking about here with the Atlas car or Atlas vehicle or whatever it is, I mean, that's a brand in and of itself. So it's a sub-brand of Volkswagen, you know, anytime you have a situation like that. So as far as that brand's position vis-a-vis other competi- uh, competing competing uh, car lines in the marketplace, you know, self-driving, four-wheel, whatever, I don't know what it is, you know, you have to have an understanding about where that fits in vis-a-vis the competition. Okay, I'm a,
1: without, without you knowing, I'm okay. going to read this to both of you. I mean, this is this is. Lie! I didn't it's think this was going to happen. This is without a net. All note. right, okay. There's a sign that says "Go," period, big, and it says the Atlas Launch Experience, uh-huh. and then it has a picture of a car with a Volkswagen logo on it, which is kind of shaded and sleek and cool. Uh huh. So, what do you think that's telling you?
2: Gosh, you know. I'm, I'm thinking it's a, it's a, it's a category buster. I think it's a big deal. Okay. Uh, You know, go big. Now that could be a full size car. It could, it could be hinting, you know, something with a lot of room, a lot of leg room. It could be a SUV of some sort. It could be a, you know, it could be a van of some sort. I don't know. Well,
0: and I'm, I'm thinking there's another dimension to this coming at it from the sales perspective. The Volkswagen brand has had some issues the last couple of years. Oh, yeah. Emissions, oh, numbers, yeah. and so forth. So there better be alignment between marketing and sales in terms of commitment to the brand. And let's execute and rejuvenate the brand. So Go to Me says, we're going together to restore and extend the Volkswagen brand. Yeah, and we it. can't be timid about this because we had a big issue. So let's go and let's go big in our commitment. And this is the vehicle, literally, we're gonna that we're like, going to ride to help make that happen. Yeah, you That's know, a
2: really good point. I mean, you know, Brian... Uh, it makes a great point about that as far as, you know, Volkswagen really shot itself in the foot, you know, about a year ago with a uh, lying about, you know, the emissions on their, uh, diesel vehicles. And, uh, it was, it's cost them dearly, uh, not only in brand reputation, but in literal, what millions yeah. of dollars in penalties. penalties. Yeah.
1: So that's probably, um, created a little cynicism when they see a new, New product coming down the line, I would think.
0: Could be. And it, it probably said to somebody high up in Volkswagen, we can't do the same old thing anymore. Right. We, we've got to come mm-hmm. back with a home run. Now, what's that home run going it to be? It looks
1: like a nice sedan, probably. I would guess in the 65 to 85 range. Yeah, yeah. Could be. Could be. That's what I'm guessing from that. What that's just that picture.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and what you've just illustrated, Joe, I think is a fantastic example of the power of marketing. Because look at everything you're reading into two words and a picture. Mm Mm-hmm, right, right. Right. And and, and they have to get that right in the marketplace, and then the sales organization has to consistently execute against that, as well as product development has to deliver the product that stands up to what customers expect.
1: Well, listen, uh, this is On the Money, brought to you by Embassy National Bank, and uh, we're having a great conversation with um, Paul Fredrickson, as well as Brian Graycon, previous guests, and we're talking about merging the brand with the sales effort. So let's continue talking about that. The next thing that I've, uh, another point that i found interesting, and I think you took my little cheat sheet here, but I'm going to grab it anyway. (laughs) Let's drift into the sales process. So with what Volkswagen is going on right now, what do you think they are probably telling their sales people? Are they telling you you've got horsepower, you got four wheels, you got a warranty, or what do you suppose they're telling them?
0: I hope they're talking about not the technical details of the product first, but the customers first. Yes. And and what do the customers want and need? And I intentionally put want first. So think about the emotional ones. I want to treat myself really well, or I want the latest product, or I want the newest whiz bang or the shiniest new object. So we're going to sell that way. Don't, Mr. Salesperson, Miss Salesperson, sell from your own pocketbook. Don't assume the customers aren't interested in those benefits. Don't assume they can't afford it. Let's talk about meeting the needs of the customers because this is an aspirational brand we're putting out there. And let's let the customers treat themselves mm-hmm. really well.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, and I want to tack onto that too. Uh, they're going to, they're going to talk uh, in detail about the uh, demographic target. I wanted to ask you about yeah. that. Yeah,
1: do you think that's what's being covered? Absolutely. They have figured they're out who to, they want to sell going, it to. Going,
2: they got they got it down, man. They've got it down to a science. They know exactly who's going to be in the market for that car, who that car is going to appeal to, who they are, where they are. Who's
1: going to walk in that showroom?
2: Exactly. And the other thing that they're going to go over with them is the marketing plan. Okay, so they're going to talk about how they're going to support this rollout, you know, where they're going to see the spots, what kind of level they're going to see them at, you know, Mm -hmm. what networks are we buying, what programs are we buying, and so forth. The dealer has to know that in order to leverage that in his or her own market. So,
1: okay, and Go a little bit further into the organization, and Brian, I'll let you address this, but um, what about the the, uh, service people? Should they be brought into this conversation?
0: Every point of customer contact should be in that conversation because every point of contact needs to reinforce the brand and and make it a wonderful experience for the customer in the purchase and then the use of the product afterwards so everybody ought to be involved.
1: And especially in Volkswagen's case, I'm sure the service department has heard most of this stuff, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah,
0: and they need to make sure they have the right people as well. You know, if, if this is a relaunch or a re I wanted to ask brand, you about
1: that. Yeah, do you have does the dealer have the right people on the floor?
0: You know, that may need to change uh, because the brand is changing or the it's a new product with a new aspirational target customer. Uh, So we may need a different type of salesperson. It's not about horsepower and how long is the warranty anymore, but it's about the benefits and how this helps to reinforce your self esteem or whatever. So I think they're probably rethinking or reevaluating their existing workforce. Is it the right workforce for the future? Mm -hmm. And that's all the way from the sales floor to the customer service people, to the service department, to the people answering the phones, right? Uh, let's make sure we can take care of the customers in a way that they're going to expect to be taken care of because of this new product launch. So you might actually be changing the culture.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's very possible. Now, of course, there's.
1: Still but then some, again, what we so what we've been talking about is they may need to change the
2: culture. They may need to, and they probably already have been in the process. I mean, I'm not familiar with what Volkswagen has been doing since the you know since the judgment and the penalties and so forth. What's interesting about it is Volkswagen, if I'm correct, I believe I'm correct in this, is still the largest automotive brand in the world, okay? It is Eclipse, GM, Toyota, and the rest of them. And I mean, it's it's huge. You know, with regard to a rollout of a new uh, product line, uh, new, a new car like uh, the Atlas or whatever it is, you know, it's still a Volkswagen. So, you know... What happens is you still have to support the parent brand. It still stands for something, you know, and it still has that reputation. and So they're probably addressing that as well, I would say. I'm sure
0: they're not throwing away all their other brand
2: extensions. What I would be interested in knowing is, is this new car a diesel or not? You know, so, you know, I mean, you know, if it's a diesel, you've got a little extra challenge there, perhaps. I don't know. So
1: Okay. Talk about, you've talked a little bit about it, but give us... Paul, the, uh, some insight on what happens when the marketing, branding, and the sales don't work together. You've given us an example, right. Brian, but can you talk about some of your experiences with that?
2: Well, what happens is uh, there's, there's just a, um, and we talked about this a moment ago, there's that rivalry, that finger pointing that'll happen when you're not meeting the numbers that you need to meet, okay? So... So uh, marketing will say, well, you know, gosh, you know, we gave you this uh, ad campaign to support the rollout. We gave you, you know, this promotional activity. We gave you these incentives and so forth. And we, hey, by the way, we gave you the research, you know. And sales will turn around and say, uh, I don't remember getting that. I, you didn't brief us on when those ads were going to run, and so forth. So a lot of these problems can be solved by good communication. And, and, a, and a spirit of, hey, we're all on the same team here, guys. You know, we, we need to be moving this, this, this rollout, this launch, this new product, whatever it is, forward, because it's, it's going to benefit all of us. So it's really more of, of that, you know, failing to meet expectations uh, that you've set in your marketing plan for either market share or sales goals and that sort of thing.
1: Well, Brian, I can see this being incredibly
2: deflating to the
1: salespeople.
0: Can be. A lot of times they're given the uh, responsibility for results, but not necessarily the support to help make them happen. Again, with my training background, I've seen examples where people didn't get adequate training. Let's let's say in the case of this car, it's going to be a different sale. It's not going to be a technical sale. It's going to be an aspirational and an emotional sale based on customer self-images. Well, that involves a different set of questions you'd ask the customer to learn about her wants and needs than, you know, uh, how much horsepower do you need. Do you do much highway driving? It, those aren't the relevant questions to start a conversation. They're more about tell me about your family, tell me about mm, your lifestyle. Right. How does this fit into uh, your? This image? goes back to your economics. It sure does. It's it's mm. an important part of that, which is about self-images, and entertaining and pampering customers as well. So that's a different set of questions. Help me with learning how to do that well so I can support the brand properly. And if you don't get that training, people fall back on their old habits, and now it may not click like it's supposed to. Everybody's disappointed and pointing fingers at one another.
2: You, you know who does that well, too, is Apple. You know, Apple has a has a script for their, for their sales associates. When you come into their store and they walk you right down that list, Basically, to to determine what you're there for, you know what your needs are and so forth, so that they can help you. What are you looking for? Help you fit that? Yeah, help you help you help you match match you up with the Apple product that's right for you.
1: And, and see, let's jump to that because let's look, talk about Samsung. Let's talk about Apple. Some of these other phone manufacturers. What I'm hearing is people want to get a little more simple with their smartphone. <laughs> But what I'm seeing is the next version out is always more complicated than the last one. So when is somebody going to interject and go, wait a minute, we're not delivering what the customer wants?
2: Well, I mean, you know, the, the, the irony of that is it's supposed to be getting simpler for you, right? I mean, when Steve Jobs, you know, developed these Apple products, they were supposed to be just an extension of, your, of yourself, of your hand or your arm or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, to your point, I agree with you, by the way. I mean, it just feels like it just gets more over with, with each new generation of product. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, what am I going to have to do here?
0: You know, it used to be you were using 5% of your computer's capability and then it was down to 1%. Now it's a 10th of a percent. <laughs>
1: right. And, yeah. and it looks like everybody's trying to sell around the camera
2: yeah 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 right? well you know the camera i want a
1: good camera
2: oh the cameras on these things now i've got an iphone 7 plus and that thing takes better pictures than than you know an slr you know that i've owned in the past but there are a group of us that want to text they yep. want to
1: look at the internet on three or four websites they check they uh including their bank account those kind of things they want to email mm-hmm. they want a calendar they want their contacts and that's it that's it
2: yeah yeah i agree
1: now yeah. I want it delivered quickly. Yep, yeah. and I don't ever want to get a disruption in service.
2: But that's not what they're delivering.
0: Well, you basically want to use it as a phone. Where in the marketplace they've become entertainment systems that also let you make phone calls.
2: Well, and you know, also statistically, more searches are done via mobile than there are via desktop. So, right. So that yeah. that that change happened, and what about uh, two or three years ago, Brian? I think, yeah, but pretty recently. But uh, you know, it's just it's just amazing. That's the that's that's the penetration of mobile platforms such as iPhones, uh, tablets, and so forth, and more searches are conducted on those on those devices than are on the good old fashioned laptop or desktop uh, device.
0: One of the things I find fascinating about smartphones, and this is specifically about iPhones, is they launch a new version every year for the last umpteen years, and uh, something like seventy or eighty percent of the initial sales of the new iPhone to people who had the last iphone and so i think that's one of the reasons the marketplace driving the addition of features and the improved cameras mm-hmm. and so forth Well, they've, sold they, they've them got on to the get fact, those sales to make it hap- make it happen
1: right because apple has sold them on the fact that you know we're going to make it better and better every time so mm-hmm. i gotta jump on yeah. the apple train
0: mm-hmm. and this time we made it bigger and the next time we'll make it smaller and the next time it'll be bigger
1: <laughs> i think you're going to see a lot more scaling back though i had a conversation about this at lunch, and somebody was telling me that they heard a podcast that basically said, you know, in the next 50 years, not not too many new things are going to happen. You're going to have a lot of increased usage of technology, but there's not the w- people, to ha- the, the next and the great, the biggest and the greatest hasn't been yet defined yet for the next right. 20 years. Right, right, right. And people are wondering what it could be.
2: Right. Yeah, I mean, the problem with Apple or the challenge for Apple is the fact that, uh, you know, where's the next iPod? You know, where's the next iPhone? Where's the next, you know, it's, it's it's they're looking for the next big, big idea. And so what we've seen, you know, in the last, I don't know, few years is basically building on the same platforms, yeah. improving those and, 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 and upgrading those technologies but the beautiful thing the, the 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 masterful thing about apple which has done so well better than any probably any other brand in history is they've created their own ecosystem of product so that kind of pointing out to what you were just saying a second ago once you're in you want to be in everywhere okay because it's the interconnectivity of all those platforms makes sense to anyone so you know it's like you know, you may not have our computer yet. You may not have our laptop, but let me get you into this iPhone. And so the only way that you can really upgrade the software on your iPhone is doing it through an Apple laptop and so forth and so on. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty brilliant, actually.
1: Hmm. Brian, I got a question. How important is it uh, for the salespeople to actually drive the brand, not necessarily repeat it, but actually drive the brand?
0: Drive as in physically get in behind the wheel, drive the brand? No. You mean drive? drive, owning business?
1: it. Own it. You know, not be a distant observer, but actually owning the brand. Well.
0: Being the brand. L- I'll go back to some of my experiences in my uh, flooring days. When you'd go into a flooring store and you're looking for a new carpet or a new hardwood floor and, you know, the sales person says, oh, yeah, I have that one in my home. Uh, some people must have a 100 different styles in their home because they tell that to every customer about <laughs> everything. But when you're talking to a salesperson and and they have personal experience with the brand, however they got that experience, it comes through. You know if they're genuine or not about that. And then they can sincerely speak to it. Why are reviews so popular on the Internet? Because people can actually speak to their experience with the product and it comes through as sincerity and and believability. Mm -hmm. The salespeople, I think, have to, first of all, experience the brand so that they can drive the brand in their conversation but always based on what does the customer want and need. I'm not interested in a sales process that says, I've got 30 of these uh, types of phone in the back, so this week sell those and only those, no matter what's right for the customer. Uh, that's not my proposed sales process. But let's find out what's right for the customer, and then with sincerity and genuine, because I've experienced the brand myself, I can tell you about the benefits to the brand. You will believe me, and if I've done a good job as a salesperson understanding your wants and needs, I can pair that. And I've given you a solution that you're likely to buy. So
1: that salesperson is actually the brand.
2: They're, they're, they're the ambassador. I oh. mean, they are the first
0: line. And
1: they ought to be, well, yeah. we've had this conversation around the bank, they ought to be wearing the brand oh, too. Yeah. Oh, oh,
0: yeah. Paul, Paul knows that one of my favorite sayings is every business really has three brands. Yep. There's the name on the door, the business, there's the products you sell and their brands, and there's the brand of the salesperson. And those three have to be in harmony and aligned and working together for success. And when, you know, the salesperson has a brand, uh, if I ask you, you know, do you have repeat or referral business? And they say, yes. Then I ask, why does that person come back to you? Or why did they send their friend to you? It's because of my knowledge, my expertise, the experience I provide, uh, the solutions I'm aware of. Yeah, you're a brand and and you have to be part of that. So those three brands working in harmony are critical, I think, to business success. So the salesperson is definitely a brand, needs to drive the product brands under the mm-hmm. business brand that the right. marketing communicates.
2: Well, you know, the thing of it is too, and and, and and to Brian's point, I mean, all sales are relationship built. There's a basis, there's a relationship between the customer and the salesperson, okay? So, you know, no matter what they're selling, if I can cultivate an, an engagement and a relationship with you in the selling process, yeah, I'm going to be more likely to be that repeat customer. And what who what company what brand does not want repeat business? Yeah. It's the easiest business in, uh, to to get by far. It's the least expensive, right? So that's that's the magic of sales, I think.
1: Brian, this was for this is for you. What's the best way to establish trust with the customer?
0: I think it starts with listening which is predicated on good questions and appropriate questions, but I think it starts with listening. Uh, I had an experience once, we were talking cars earlier, where I went into a car dealership and before I said a word, the salesperson started pushing me towards a particular model and color and set of features. And he had no idea if I was looking for a car for my daughter to take to college or I wanted a family vehicle or if I wanted to treat myself to a luxury vehicle. He had no idea he wasn't interested in me. He was only interested in his own sale and he had been told there's incentives or whatever on this particular car. Didn't work. I didn't trust him because he started talking instead of listening. Good questions about me and what I'm interested in and what I value and what I need. That's going to lead to trust because then he can follow with good recommendations, good solutions based on that. And I'm going to find it credible because he listened to me. So I think number one in establishing trust is listening. Paul, can you,
1: can you create trust as a result of the brand? Oh, absolutely. How do yeah. you do that?
2: Well, we well, we call that in, 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 um, in sort of marketing ease or reasons to believe. Okay, so if, if I'm establishing, you know, I've got my brand here, and I establish a unique selling proposition in the marketplace, okay, let's use the car example for, you know, gets more miles to the gallon, you know, has more leg room and so forth what i have to do is you know and, and 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 it's you know the best car for the money in a certain price range or whatever then what i've got to do is i have to have my my compelling reasons to believe that that position and and they have to you have to deliver on that i mean you can't smoke and mirror that it's got to be real it's got to be credible it's got to be measurable so from a marketing standpoint that's how you support what, what brian is talking about on the sales floor You've got to be able to support that. It's got to be there. Okay, you can't you can't bluff your way through that. So, um, but you know, let me let me add to that though. And and you know, where you know Brian is talking about, you know, the sales uh, associate building the relationship with the customer. Okay, marketing does that in its way through different through different media vehicles, chief of which these days is social media. So usually that falls within the domain of the marketing department, okay? So, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's an outreach, it's a marketing, it's a communication outreach of, of marketing for the brand that establishes that trust, trusted relationship with today's consumer. You know, the one thing that, that, that Brian and I know very, very well is that, you know, the selling dynamic today is far different than it was 15, 20 years ago. A lot of that's due to social media, and what that means is that I'm not just shouting a sales pitch to you through paid advertising all the time. I mean, advertising still has its role, but what I also need to do, and almost as important, is I need to build a relationship with you as a potential customer before you ever set foot on my floor, and that, and and I do that through social media. I show you and talk to you about things that matter to you and help you answer you answer your questions with good content that way i can be part of that short list of options okay hey you know i've heard about that car you know i see where you guys have overcome your problems you know on you know whatever
0: and it's not just you saying that, but I've seen evidence exactly. of that Exactly. Right. other people's and, and, and so what
1: you've created there is this trust through exactly. your brand. Exactly. Uh, it sounds like they fixed stuff. Now I'm going to go in and try to buy one of these now, things. Now what
2: has to happen is that that guy that Brian is talking about, he's got he's to close the loop on that. And if he handles it the way Brian was talking about as far as his experience and just like, you know, talking to you as if, you know, you haven't even asked me what I'm looking for. You broke it. You broke the cycle. You you broke the chain right there. I could have spent millions of dollars getting you into that showroom. And this guy just killed it. That's the frustration. That's the problem. And, you know, you got to close the loop on that.
0: If you go back to classical sales processes, pull out most textbooks and there's these steps in a sales process. One of those steps is typically called qualifying. You qualify the customer and that's meant to be that you ask questions and you learn what they're looking for and and which products might be appropriate and so forth. That's not the way it works anymore. I'm
1: trying to think usually the the brand is what qualifies the customer, isn't it? And the the the
0: customer Mm -hmm. has qualified you. Because they've right, done their right, homework right, on social right. media. They've listened to the promises right, this, of the this brand. This fits
1: what I'm looking for. Right, exactly. Right. And,
0: and now they're coming in to find out if you're the business that they should do business with. Right. They're qualifying you, and that's another reason you want to listen, because you'll get those clues on where you need to propose your solutions.
1: Well, i tell you what, we may have an, an Atlas uh, salesperson right outside the door. I wonder if we could uh, solve our mystery and... Let him tell us what kind of car Atlas really is. He just ran away. He just <laughs> ran away. Okay. Now, here he comes. Here he, right here he comes. Here he is. It is a new generation of a Volkswagen. A new generation of a Volkswagen. How big by is Americans it? For Americans. Say wow. That again. Built by Americans for Americans. Built by Americans for Americans. You and, heard it here. And what kind of size is it? It is the largest Volkswagen that's ever been produced. The there largest there Volkswagen that's ever been produced. It there looks like right. it's got a great look to it as well. Awesome. Well, tell whoever that you're a good salesperson for them, because you get it. Their training was successful, and that their branding or their logo really conveys what you're trying to sell. Go big, go
0: American, go all
1: the way. There you go. Follow your president, back him up 110%. There you go. <laughs> all the way Sounds good.
0: Thank Thank you. you. Thank Thank you.
1: you. Uh, That wasn't prompted, everybody. (laughs) That's what I like to be in this hotel right down the room from a bunch of training areas. So good. I like that. So we were kind of right on. Right. Right. Exactly.
2: One last comment
0: comment about trust as well. I think it's Benjamin Franklin that said uh, something like, trust is like fine China. Uh, Easily broken, very difficult to mend. We used the example of Volkswagen earlier continued our Volkswagen conversation, think Wells Fargo and some of their Mm -hmm. business practices and so forth. You know, you better be really careful once you've established trust to do everything in your power to keep it with the customers. Now
1: what he just said was interesting made in America by Americans, So the research must be showing that that is a pretty big movement that's going out there in the hinterland. Right, Mm -hmm. right, exactly.
2: Well, from a, from a car standpoint, Overall, there's been some research. In fact, I just I just posted this on, on uh, my Facebook the other day. There was an article in the Wall Street Journal, I believe it was Wall Street Journal, that said that you know, buying American will go to only so far, okay? Because Americans still want to buy things cheap, okay? So, and if you go into any Walmart, any Home Depot, any Lowe's, any Target, flip the product over and see where it's made. You know,
1: that's different than what they're trying to sell here. That's though. true. That's true. Because you can change the value proposition on an automobile and right. get, and get a higher price. That's so true. it
0: may still be a great value, even though it's a high end car and buy American makes that same wall street mm-hmm. journal article said something like 50% of people say they want to buy American, but they're willing to only pay about 5% more for the privilege.
1: Right. But in this, if you're, if you got the product design, right, you don't know that you're paying 5% right. more. Right. Right. you think, I'm right. getting this for this price? Right. That's a good deal.
2: But when you're buying a power drill at Home Depot, yeah, you can shop that. I,
1: how many people are actually so price-driven that that's, their, that's what they make their decision on?
2: You know, here's here's what'll happen. Here, here, my, my concern is, and, and I'm sure it would be the concern of uh, any of the big boxes, that should certain things happen with regard to tariffs and so forth, the cost of goods is going to go up 40 percent. Okay. Because that's going to be a like a bucket of cold water to the American consumer when they walk into a Home Depot and that uh, power drill that's made in China, you know, used to cost thirty five dollars and now it costs sixty dollars. You know, so I mean it's gonna it's gonna be a real shocker.
0: And that may spur the Buy America movement because the price differential may have evaporated. But we're likely to be paying more.
1: Yeah, I guess what I'm trying to get to is when I go into like a Home Depot,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: when it comes to drills, Mm -hmm. I'm really more attracted to the brand than I am the price. Right.
2: And most of them are made in China.
1: When it comes to a light bulb, I don't care. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Whoever's got the best packaging, I guess, or the best floor display. Right.
0: One of the things we're likely to find out using the drill example is, you know, you don't really buy a drill. At Home Depot, you buy holes, <laughs> and you need to place them of a certain size in a certain location, right, and that's what right, it does for you. That's right. the benefit of a drill. So we may be tested in terms of what's the value of holes going forward with that $60 drill instead that. of the $30. Well, I just, <laughs> if
1: anybody's listening from Black & Decker, I just bought a Black & Decker drill, which I love, but now the drill keeps working, but my battery charger blew up after about only nine months. So what good is the drill without the battery charger working, right? <laughs> you can't Hard to make, make that hole, hole if it's can't not make a hole, right. And then DeWalt comes along, and guess what? Their battery fits in the DeWalt charger. Hmm. If anybody's out there from (laughs) Black & Decker, they can send me a new charger, and I won't talk about it anymore. Listen, our time is up. I don't know if you can believe it or not, but uh, it's been a very good conversation, and uh, I actually had a real-world example coming in here, so thanks for both you guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, Our pleasure. um, I started with you, Paul. Brian, I'll let you end with you. Talk about brand versus sales, kind of the, uh, a summary, if you will.
0: You need to make sure that, first of all, your sales brand, the salesperson or the sales process brand is aligned with and supports the brand communicated through your marketing and the product itself uh, that has to deliver. Then that sales process and sales brand needs to uh, focus on the customer, start with listening, propose solutions, Make sure you're looking at all of the customers' wants and needs in your proposed solution. And together, marketing and sales will help you deliver that sale.
1: And I like what you said about you have actually have three brands and they all come together or you
2: break the trust. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. You never want to break that chain because it costs too much to create that chain. Right. And so, you know, it's, 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 it's the big, uh, well, it's just, it's just a, a very frustrating experience for everyone when you're not meeting your goals and uh, you're not achieving the objectives to get those goals. Okay. But, you know, I, w- I would uh, just add on to what Brian was saying. You know, from a marketing standpoint, it's all about the brand. And, and what you have to do in both internal and external marketing communications is you have to transfer that knowledge and that understanding about what that brand stands for, who, it, who it's after, who, who it's targeting, what its attributes are, what its position in the marketplace is, and so forth. So everyone has a very clear-cut understanding about where we're going with it so that sales can do its job. That's a good good way to finish.
0: And, and a quick example to close that up: Chick-fil-A. We love Chick-fil-A here in the South. Their brand promises a pleasant fast food experience. And they spend a lot of effort making sure their people say right. please and thank you to make sure that experience is a pleasant yeah, one. Yeah, absolutely. One right. I case. mean,
1: they make sure the people they hire will deliver on the brand. Exactly. So there is you, no you see it very clearly
0: aligned with the brand there yep. all the way through
1: Yep. between there's no differential between the product, the, uh, person, salesperson and the brand. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, listen, what a great show. We'll put this on the docket again for maybe a couple of months from now, because I'm sure there'll be more we can talk about. So that's the show today. This has been on the money. Uh, the number one small business show on Business Radio X presented by Embassy National Bank. Um, you can enjoy this show again on any of our other or any of our other On the Money episodes by visiting onthemoney.businessradiox.com, but you can also join our podcast and on iTunes, and you can also watch any of our episodes at Gwinnett Business Radio X channel on YouTube um so we appreciate the time today and um merge your brand your people and your product and you'll be around for a while how about that as a summary <laughs> I, love I love okay. it okay well I'm Joe Moss at Embassy National Bank and remember be careful out there talk a lot about this leave fear in the back seat push forward and by all means anybody, any brand, any company, any person, stay authentic. People like who you are and they want to find out who you are. Don't try to pretend to be anything else. So with that, we will see you next time.